This is the final chapter and the final shi'ur on the third section of Tanya, Igeret HaTshuva, the letter on repentance. We spoke about being joyous amid suffering in knowledge that suffering brings about full atonement and cleansing. And now we continue to elaborate on this point. And this is a very powerful point. The reason why we ought to accept suffering of the body joyously is because it is an incredible benefit to the sinner's soul. It cleanses it in this world so that it could save it from harsher cleansing in Gehenom. It literally cleanses our soul so that we can end our lives with the same purity with which it began. And it spares us the painful suffering of purgatory. The Talmud tells us, the sages tell us, a person should take joy in suffering more than in his good fortune. For even if a person has good fortune all his life, he will not be atoned for his sins. What brings atonement for sin? Suffering. Especially in our times, when we do not have the physical ability to carry out the number of fasts prescribed by the Arizal, as we spoke about in chapter 2 and 3, which are necessary for cleansing the soul, so we go through it through challenges. And the Tanya brings proof for the great benefits of avoiding the suffering of purgatory. Nachmanides Ramban writes in the introduction to his commentary on Job, Eov, which is a full book on man's suffering, that even the sufferings of Job for 70 years do not compare at all to the suffering of the soul in purgatory. The Talmud even says that physical fire is a mere 60th of the intensity of fire of purgatory. Now let me be clear, we're not talking about physical pain, we're talking about spiritual, emotional pain. Why is spiritual cleansing in this world easier? Because this world is built on kindness. So with moderate suffering in this world of kindness, a person will be saved from harsh judgment in the next world. Now the Tanya says like this, you could compare it to the movement of a shadow on earth, which is displaced just one handbreadth when the sun itself moves thousands of miles in the sky. The sun moves very quickly, but down below the shadow moves very, very slowly. A small movement on the earth translates to a huge movement in the, heavy, in the heavens. That is why a relatively small degree of suffering in this physical world relieves a person of a great deal of suffering in the next spiritual world. But there's a limitation to this analogy. That this difference in scale is true of the spiritual reality even more so, infinitely, when we speak of the difference of scale of the incremental flow of energy through the worlds from the greatest spiritual heights down to this physical world. You see, because the sun and shadows are both physical objects. When we apply the analogy to teach us the impact of a physical act on the spiritual realms, it's incomparably greater. And that's why the sages tell us on the verse, you should sanctify yourself and be holy, that man can make himself a little holy down below and he'll be sanctified a great deal below. Because again, down below and up above, there's a disproportionate response. So what you go through below, whether it's suffering or doing good deeds, has a huge impact above. So too precisely the above principle applies in the case of reward and punishment, as our sages taught the reward for a mitzvah is the mitzvah, as we have explained elsewhere. The reward of a mitzvah is not a secondary offshoot of worship. It is a direct reflection of the mitzvah energy itself. The reward of a mitzvah is the mitzvah. Since this is the case, it follows that the spiritual dynamic of mitzvahs, that a small act in this world produces a disproportional spiritual response, also applies in the dynamic of reward and punishment. And this concludes our discussion and the knowledge of the understanding is easy for one who is wise. In other words, 
each and every one of us can get this and internalize it.